In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. We have begun the new year, and with it, a certain sense of hope, not just a broad hope for a better world, which is a good thing to hope for, but a hope that is very personal. I can be better. I should be better. I'm really going to try to be better. And it's fine. We live in time and space, and, and perhaps the new year is a logical moment to, to consider this uh, reality that we have to always try to be better. Okay, new year, let's give it a try, resolutions. Uh, and I haven't noticed it so much this year, these first few days of 2021, but normally you, just, you see people out and about running, you know, exercise is clearly uh, one of the goals that people have made for their New Year's resolutions. That's fine, but it was good to have a personal take on this uh, this need for for conversion. Essentially, we need to convert. And well, Lord, here in our prayer, we'll ask you for the grace of conversion. Of course, we have to be practical about it. We see the collective wisdom of the saints, don't we? Simply because a new year begins doesn't mean that everything changes. And we still have the same challenges that we had 24 hours ago or three days ago. Our predominant fault, we still have to fight against the predominant fault that we have, our faults. We still have the same people around us in family life, in our professional life, neighborhoods. Uh, The pandemic is still here. Yes, it's been quite a 2020, but nothing changed all that much that I'm aware of on January 1st. And so we have to deal with that. And all of this within the context of our faith. Indeed, we, we do want to be better. We should be better. We'll try to be better. And Lord, therefore, we come to you. We pray to you. And any conversion that, that happens, of course, will, will be with the Lord. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. And so we'll try, Lord, with your help, with your grace, We'll fight the good fight, like St. Paul says. St. Josemaria would say about this time of the year, Año Nuevo, Lucha Nueva. A new year, a new struggle. Again, he was not uh, some idealistic type. He just, okay, yes, this, the challenges are there. They're still there. But let's, okay, let's, let's start the new year off in a good fight. Let's really make a renewed effort 
for holiness, essentially. We're all called to be saints. And if this new year serves as a bit of a spur to take that more seriously, glory be to God. Thank you, Lord. We'll always need to be beginning and beginning again. This is part of the, our human condition, and that's good. There's a certain adventure to that, to begin and begin again. There's a hope in that. And the devil wants to knock us down and say, well, what's the point? Why are you even trying? You're hopeless. You're a sinner, and that's true. But the devil will try to convince us that we're sinners mired in sin with no hope of redemption. Well, here we are in Christmas time. Of course, the new year always begins in the context of Christmas time. And Christmas is all about hope. We sing these beautiful Christmas carols because the Savior has been born to us. And indeed, we can hope in the Lord and, and rest in the Lord and, and, and look to the Lord, look to that child in the manger and have hope and have desires to begin again. We see this in those first visitors, if you will, of, of the infant child, those, those shepherds in the field. They've, of course, been somewhat prominent in these days of the liturgy. The shepherds went in haste to Bethlehem and found Mary and Joseph and the infant lying in the manger. Pope Benedict XVI pointed out that St. Luke says they went in with haste to Bethlehem, much like our Blessed Mother had done to visit her cousin Elizabeth. There's a certain urgency a holy urgency to, to do God's will. Of course, the shepherds had received that message from the angel, and, and they don't waste time. And already that's, I think, a lesson for us, part of our conversion, our New Year's resolution. Do I go with haste to the, to the things of the Lord in my daily plan? Is there a certain priority that God gets in, in my decisions? In my thoughts. He deserves it. He's our Savior. God is love. He's our creator. Of course, we should strive, to, like these shepherds, to go in haste to the things of the Lord. Of course, that includes our sanctified work, our schedule, our good use of time, which is a gift from God, our relationships, is there a renewal, a desire to renew my relationships, my attitude towards people? Am I willing to forgive? That might be a wonderful, practical New Year's resolution. Do I need to show more mercy and compassion to anyone in my life? Well, Clearly, these shepherds benefited, to say the least, from this journey and haste that they make to Bethlehem, where they found Mary and Joseph and the infant lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known the message they had been told about this child. And it, it, it's Mary and Joseph there. They, they were 
that the shepherds seemed to be talking to. All who heard it were amazed by what had been told them by the shepherds. And Mary kept all these things, reflecting on them in her heart. There's a theme also we see in the life of Mary comes up. She reflects things in her heart. She ponders things in her heart. What is God saying to me here? And for us, maybe those ideas, those desires, those resolutions to start the new year, to be better in whatever areas, we should ponder that. Lord, help me to, to put it into practice. St. Nozomir say, love is deeds and not sweet words. Okay, well, our, our New Year's resolutions give us a chance to begin and begin again in that vein. Mary pondered these things in her heart. And Mary is the woman of prayer that, if, that, 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 that guides her life. Her, her union with God guides her life. Her, her pondering guides her life. And that should be true in our lives too. And we see it in the lives of the shepherds. Here we see the, these words of St. Luke here. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. They returned. There's a, a turning back, if you will, and, but and with a new direction. That's pretty much at the heart of the word conversion. Couldn't we say that these Shepherds had a certain conversion, a, a change of life because of their encounter with Christ. The root of the word conversion simply means to, um, to turn, okay? to turn with, together, to turn around, to transform. And we've taken that on in the spiritual sense is our turning toward God. A radical and complete change in spirit, purpose, and direction of life, away from sin and toward love of God. And this image of the shepherds can help us, I think, put that into practice in our own lives. Or they go to the, 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 the cave, they go to Bethlehem, they, they go to the child, and they, they turn, they, they, they return, glorifying and praising God. Maybe they weren't doing that all that much before the angel appeared to them. Maybe just another uh, boring, perhaps even this meaningless evening there watching over the sheep. We're just doing their work and supporting their families, but something easily could have been lacking. After this encounter with Christ and, and Mary and Joseph, they return, glorifying and praising God. And so we too, in our Christmas time, and are contemplating the scene of the manger, God who is loved there is a defenseless child, Mary, St. Joseph, so beautiful. Well, hopefully that will spur us to convert, to turn our own lives around, glorifying and praising God, always, in everything. And the, the, and the standard is high, and we're not there, and we fail. It's called sin. 
but we don't lose hope. St. Rosemary always encouraged us to begin and begin again. God understands. God is with us. He'll help you to turn back. But turn. Really make that effort. Don't give in to those pitfalls that we are all too familiar with. Keep trying. Keep up the good fight. He writes in one of his books called The Forge, Follow St. Paul's advice. Ora est iam nos de somnos surgere. It is, St. Josemaria translates it as, it is time to get down to work. It's time to wake up, we could say. De somnos surgere. Rise up from your sleepiness. Get to work both on the inside, building up your soul, and on the outside, building up the kingdom of God, right where you are. Indeed, this, this idea, this sense of hope that we have at the beginning of the year, yes, a hope for the world, a hope for the church, indeed, that's important. But also this personal hope, building ourselves up on the inside, building up your soul. But this requires a, a waking up on our part. Lord, that I may see. We see in, in the gospel, of course, as our Lord begins his public life, so many people approach him. And what do they want? They, want, they need, they, they seek, without even really realizing it perhaps, they, they seek conversion. Now, oftentimes it's some physical ailment that they need to be changed, to be turned around blindness, or being lame, being lepers. But always the Lord gives them that, well, that deeper supernatural meaning to that uh, encounter with him, that conversion. And those four friends bring the paralytic to Jesus. He can't walk. That's the obvious uh, struggle that he has. And that's what they want cured. But remember what Jesus says to him. The first thing our Lord says to him is, your sins are forgiven. Where's that come Where does that come from? We, we're here to, he, we want him to walk. He wants to walk. But more importantly, your sins are forgiven. Make straight the way of the Lord. A theme also we've been having here in Advent and now in Christmas, St. John the Baptist. You make straight the path of the Lord. In the sense of conversion, repentance. Change your life. The prelate of Opus Dei, Monsignor Fernando Ocadis, gave a beautiful... Advent meditation about this making straight his paths. What does that mean? What does it mean to make his path straight? There's the words of St. John the Baptist. It means for us removing obstacles to our Lord's coming to us, to our souls, and to our lives. Removing obstacles. The Lord is the one who loves us first, we read in Scripture. God has loved us first. God is constantly 
wanting to love us, or, or he always loves us, but he, wa- he wants to get in into our soul. He doesn't force his way in. So to make straight his paths will require of us removing obstacles to our Lord's coming to us, to our souls. And what obstacles do we encounter? The prelate continues in his meditation. Many. There are many obstacles. To be honest, we could even probably go down the list of the seven vices, the seven capital sins. Wow, okay, indeed, I need to be better. I need a New Year's resolution and this one and that one. There are many obstacles that we encounter. Each of us can consider what in my life could be an obstacle for a Lord to come more fully to me? To put it another way, what hinders opening up my soul, my day, my ordinary life, so that our Lord may enter more fully with his strength, with his grace, with his goodness, with his joy? And I don't think Monsignor Caris is being... Uh, theoretical here, it's not a rhetorical question, it's something like Mary, Mary ponders things in her heart, well she teaches us, we should ponder in our heart, what hinders me from receiving God's graces? Well obviously the first thing is sin, okay, that we, we have to address sin, that too has been part of the themes of these days of, of Christmas liturgy, hasn't it? St. John's first letter. If we, say we, if we say we have no sin, we lie. Okay, well, what are the sins that are impeding the Lord from coming to my soul? And, and certainly, if, there, if there's any mortal sin, well, we deal with it. That Lord, the Lord's mercy endures forever. Jesus has come to us. He's our Savior. He's come to us as a child because he wants to save us and he'll, he'll die for us, he'll suffer for us. So, so much does he love us. That's how we, we deal with sin. We, we let the Lord save us. We let the Lord purify us. We go to him. Obviously in confession, the beautiful sacrament of confession, we have that encounter with Jesus, our Savior. If not, it's, we're just... Christmas is just a, a farce on, on, personally for us. If, if we're not going to allow him to save us. And we can sing all kinds of beautiful Christmas carols, but if I'm not allowing the Lord to be Savior for me personally, well, and he does. He, he does want to save us, of course, and he understands our weaknesses. He's all too willing to heal us, like we see in the gospel. Again, those people who are blind, who are lame, who are lepers, there's a certain symbolism there of sin. The Lord purifies them. And sometimes, literally, sin itself, like the woman caught in adultery. She has, she has sinned. And the Lord touches her, he heals her, he loves her, he does not condemn her. And she allows him to give her hope. Go and sin no more. I do not condemn you. Go and sin no more. Go live life. Start a new year. Have some New Year's resolutions and put them into practice. Indeed, that's, you know, we don't know 
a lot of these people who our Lord encountered in his preaching, in his healing, we don't have scriptural evidence of how they followed up on that. Hopefully they did go on to be great saints. But we have to keep fighting. There's no guarantee. St. Rosemary writes in the way be, about resolutions, a chapter called Resolutions. Be specific. Don't let your resolutions be like fireworks that sparkle for an instant, only to leave as bitter reality a blackened, useless butt that is disgustedly thrown away. No, resolutions should be deeds of love. And we keep trying. And yes, we'll have to begin and begin again. We don't give up. We need not give up even if it's January 4th and I've already missed my resolutions five times. Well, we keep trying. Maybe. Yes, the conversion. We, like these shepherds, they go, they encounter Christ and they, they glorify his name. They, and of course, later on, those, those magi, they, they come from the East, these mysterious men, there's been lots written about them, we don't need to go into that, but let's just say they were seekers. Some theologians say they're seekers of the truth, a certain philosophical aspect of these wise men from the East, the light, the light shines, they're going toward the light, okay, good. And we see what happens to them when they arrive to the Holy Family. And behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There's this, this um, giving, of, giving of their lives, we could say that. He truly is, the, they recognize him as king, as child. There's, there's, a, there's, there's a, a beautiful message here. Let's, let's not miss out. Obviously one of the beautiful feasts of Christmas time, the Epiphany. And the wise men are overjoyed at seeing the star. Another translation, they, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. I mean, there's, there's so, it's so grand, this encounter with the Christ child that they're filled with joy and we should do that too. It takes effort. You know, the, the wise men had to travel. It must have been tough going there, however they traveled. A caravan, sleeping at night in tents, cold, and perhaps even had to fend off, fend, fend, off, fend themselves from bandits and whatnot. It was worth it. The journey's worth it to reach the Christ child and Mary, his mother, and St. Joseph. And we want to do that too. I mean, God, indeed, God provides. Am I allowing God space? Like the, like the prelate said here, this requires, in, in the end, a conversion. A conversion that is, indeed, the fruit of our own effort, but above all, the fruit of God's grace. We need God's grace for the light to see where we have to improve, where we have to open the way more fully to our Lord's coming into our lives. 
And at the same time, we need the strength that our Lord gives us with his grace so that we can do what he asks, so that we can respond. Indeed, God provides. Do I allow space for the providence of God? Sometimes perhaps I'm a bit too calculating in my, in my decisions. And the saints, they have this incredible trust in God. You know, so i got to do this. This is what God wants. St. Josemaria, when he started Opus Dei, he saw that God was asking him to begin Opus Dei. So I had my 26 years, the grace of God, and just a, I don't know, good humor, good sense of humor, good, good disposition. Well, let's allow God to work in our lives. There's quite a story of an author and a, and a mountain climber named W.H. Murray, the Scottish gentleman, he died in 1996, was born in 1913. He was blessed just to make it out of the um, out of World War II as a soldier. He's in prison for three years, but before that, there was a Nazi tank commander when he's captured, pointing a pistol at him. And then Murray would write later, to my astonishment, he forced a wry smile and asked in English, aren't you feeling the cold? Like taunting him as he was pointing his pistol at this Scottish soldier. I replied, cold as a mountaintop. He looked at me, and his eyes brightened. Do you mean you climb mountains? He was a mountaineer. We both relaxed. He stuffed his gun away. After a few quick words, the Alps, Scotland, rock, and ice, he could not do enough for me. Well, he still spent three years after that in prison, but at least he spared his life. Okay, he did, did something for him anyway. But we see the, the uh, tenacity of, of this uh, future author, W.H. Murray, and, and mountain climber. While in prison, Murray wrote a book entitled Mountaineering in Scotland. The first draft of the work was written on the only paper available to him, rough toilet paper. The manuscript was found and destroyed by the Gestapo. To the incredulity of his fellow prisoners, Murray's response to the loss was to start again. Despite the risk of its loss and that his physical condition was so poor from the near starvation diet that he believed he would never climb again. But he did it. He began again against all odds. The rewritten work was finally published in 1947 and was followed by the sequel, Undiscovered Scotland, in 1951. By God's grace, by God's providence, he went on to be a writer, a mountain climber. And he wrote in one of his pieces, this W.H. Murray, what about providence? Until one is committed, there is hesitancy, the chance to draw back, always in effectiveness. Concerning all acts of initiative, 
and creation, there is one elementary truth, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans. That the moment one definitively commits oneself, then providence moves to. Providence with a capital P. All sorts of things occur to help one that would never otherwise have occurred. A whole stream of events issues from the decision, raising in one's favor all manner of unforeseen incidents and meetings and material assistance, which no man could have dreamt would have come his way. I have learned a deep respect for one of Goethe's couplets. Whatever you can do or dream you can, begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. Do it. Get started. Now this, I don't know, a course for us, this, and he, he too, I suppose, in a, very, in a theological context, a spiritual context, is God's providence that we, that we will, yes, be living in if we allow. Until one is committed, there is hesitancy, the chance to draw back, always an effectiveness. Well, Lord, help us to Really go after these resolutions. Help us to wake up like St. Paul writes and that St. Augustine benefited from. Wake up. Wake up and walk. Or St. Rosemary would say, wake up and get to work. And let's work on those resolutions. Let's work on 2021. Yes, let's have this hope, this personal hope that the new year brings. Logically, it's not automatic by any means. Of course not. It's just another date in a certain sense. But it is a bit of a a wake-up call for us. Let's just try to be saints. Let's try to remove those obstacles that keep us from allowing God's grace to enter fully into us. And, And let's learn from our Blessed Mother and Saint Joseph. There they are, contemplating the child, Accepting the ways of God, I mean, a little, a stable. Uh, here's the king of the world, and he's born in a stable, the cold and poverty of a stable. But there is Mary and Joseph with great trust in, in the providence of God. We do well by imitating them, the Holy Family, in these beautiful days of Christmas and, and hopefully throughout the year of 2021. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.